Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's the reaction out there? What's on ESPN if the Patriots move on from Belichick and it's amicable, or at least appears that way? Isn't it like highlights of the last 23 years? Isn't it Super Bowl highlights? Like, it's reminiscing. It's going to be a celebration of Belichick, right? If it even coming off a bad season. If they keep him, though, I think the energy will be more negative, right? You're going to get more analysts coming in and saying, what are the Patriots doing? You're going to get fans being pissed, right? Like, I don't know. It's just the timing feels so right that I have to believe they go through with it. Welcome to the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. This show is available on whatever platform you like best. Go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. We appreciate your support. Jordy, how are you, my friend? Happy early Christmas and all that good stuff. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. You know, just a little bit under the weather. Even though this is Christmas week, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way. I feel this way, but it sort of doesn't feel like Christmas is on the way. Like, I don't know. It's just it's one of those weird weeks. I can't believe Christmas is almost here. I live in Minneapolis now. Kind of random, right? Moved from New Hampshire. Lifelong Patriots fan. Moved to Minneapolis. But, like, you would think it would be Christmassy out here. Snow, cold, ice, right? All that, Jordy. No. 40 degrees every day. Everybody out here locally is saying that it's it's never this warm out here. It's like a, an anomaly. So the O'Leary's come to Minnesota and we brought the we brought the heat or something like that. Yeah, it does not feel like Christmas out here either. Uh, but it is upon us. And as a Patriots fan, Jordy, like what tops your wish list as a fan, right? Where we can't talk about the playoffs. You know, obviously we're down bad. We're I guess we're trending towards a top three pick feels like a lockdown that they'll have a top three pick. So it's all about the future and a lot of the chatter around the team is about Belichick and his future. And who do you believe more? Tommy Curran, Ian Rappaport, whose sources are the best, right? Is Belichick staying? Is he going? All this crap. That's what everybody's talking about. We'll get into it as well. But what tops your wish list as a Patriots fan, Jordy? Let's start there. I'm super excited about the offseason. And I think a lot of the fans and definitely our readers are excited about the about free agency and the draft and what happens beyond here. So, look. It hurts me to say this because I hate to see the Patriots lose, Ron, but they need to lose football games. Please, somehow lose to the Broncos. They'll be in Denver, so obviously Denver would be favorite there. They're not beating the Buffalo Bills. There's no chance there. But the Jets, who just constantly throw up over themselves and have lost the last 15 games against the New England Patriots, that's the one team that the Patriots might beat and might ruin the 2024 NFL draft. So please. Please, even if Aaron Rodgers has to hobble out there on a cast, just please, (laughs) please beat the Patriots all three games the rest of the way through. I like that one. Yeah, and mine's kind of along the same lines. Like, I want the quarterback. I can't do this anymore, Jordy. I can't do Cam Newton, (laughs) Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I just can't can't watch this anymore. I, I, I know there are holes everywhere on the roster, especially on offense. It's not just quarterback, offensive line disaster receivers not good enough the tight end kind of good but he's about to hit free agency 
So you want to tell me Marvin Harrison Jr. is the right pick, or you trade back and go get a, you know that stud tight end from Georgia there, Brock Bowers, or one of these cornerstone tackles, the kid from Penn State or the kid from Notre Dame. I hear that argument, and that's fine. And if you want to trade back and do that thing and fill more gaps uh, and get more players, totally understand that take. But I, And I was kind of there for a few weeks, Jordy, but I, I'm not there anymore. I, I just want one of the top quarterbacks. That's, that's what's stopping my wish list. I want Caleb Williams or Drake May. If those are if those are still the consensus top two and the Patriots are are in on one of those players, I just want them to take them. Uh, the best quarterback prospect available. I don't want to trade back. I want to trade ahead. I just want to stay there at number two and pick the best quarterback available. If that makes sense, Jordy. Right? I don't want to give up assets to move up to number one. I just want to stay at number two or number three and take the freaking quarterback. I, I don't want to play this game anymore where the quarterbacks are just horrible. The starters are horrible. The backups are horrible. There's no hope. Like I'm, st- I'm done with that as a fan. I just want them to take the freaking quarterback. It, it ties in with what you said, though. Lose the rest of your games, get the number two pick, and take the freaking quarterback. That's what's top of my wish list right now. I was on the other side of it, though. I was more like, oh, no, you got to address other areas. Of the- you got to address offensive line first, wide receiver. Never mind, Jordy. I'm off of it now. The closer we get to Christmas here and beyond, <laughs> I want the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, unless you had some plan to go out and get somebody else, which would allow you to rebuild around that position. But who else are you going to get? You know, even if Kyler Murray's out there, the the Cardinals are going to want a first-round pick for him, and you're not giving them the number two overall pick for Kyler Murray at this point. I'd rather them just get the quarterback. I'm with you, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then rebuild around the quarterback position, which is obviously the most important position on the football field, which Patriots fans had to learn the hard way this year. We talked last week, Jordy. We're we're firmly in the camp of Tommy Curran. Uh, I I trust his reporting. Uh, he's been around the team forever. He's got Curran and former players on his quick slants show all the time, right? Like he's he's dialed into the team. I believe what he's reporting. I'm not saying Ian Rappaport sucks. I just think he's getting the he's trying to catch up to Tommy Curran's reporting. Tommy Curran's been on this for a while, so I'm going to trust Curran. Uh, but I want to take this kind of a different direction, right? Like if you're Bill Belichick. I'm sure at the end of the year, Jordy, every season, Belichick and the Crafts have some type of meeting where they go over how the season went, what the plan is for the next year, how Belichick's feeling about, you know, at this point, he's in his 70s, so how are you feeling? Do you still want to coach? Okay, where's our contract out? Let's talk about that. Should we extend you? Should we get some more years on the back end? Whatever. I'm sure there's like some type of meeting at the end of every season. Put on the hoodie, Jordy, right? Put on the hoodie. If you're going into that meeting, what's your pitch, right? Are you pitching your plan on how you'll you'll fix things? Are you just going in there like normal and being like, yep, okay, here's what happened this year. Here's our plan for next year. Here's how we're going to get over the hump. We're going to get back in the contention. Are you going to pitch that plan? Are you going to go in there kind of with a different attitude, being like, all right, Robert, Jonathan, what kind of offers do you guys have for me? I know pe- people are calling on me. Like, what kind of trades do we have? Here's the teams I want to go to. I want to go to LA. I want to go to Carolina, whatever it is, right? Like, Here's where I want to go. What kind of offers you guys have? Let's talk about that, the compensation. Or are you coming in more amicably and being like, all right, I'm ready to move on. You're ready to move on. Let's split ways and do this peacefully. Like, what's the attitude? What's the pitch? Like, put on the hoodie and tell me what you would do, Jordy, in that situation. All right, I'm putting on a sleeveless hoodie right here. So, I mean, look, man, first of all, I always always knew that it's going to come down to Kraft and Belichick getting in a room together at the end, at the end of the season before we find out what really happens. You know, everything else up until this point is going to be 
and I'm not saying like like you said, Tommy Kern's an excellent reporter, and I believe he was hearing what he what he said he was hearing. But it's always hard, Ryan, when you've been with somebody for 24 years and people are all of a sudden wanting you to split from that person. It becomes harder the longer that these things go on, especially with Belichick being responsible for the Patriots organization being what it is today. Without Belichick, there is no dynasty. There's no Tom Brady being drafted and, and, and doing what he does. Now, obviously, he Brady would go elsewhere and probably still win Super Bowls, but it wouldn't have been with the Patriots. So I always knew there's, there's a shot. There's a shot that things stay intact. And I think Bill Belichick, I think he's going to approach this situation with things staying intact. In his head, when he says he's on to – to Denver, I think he's going to keep moving on and moving on and moving on until Kraft steps in and Kraft's like, well, you know, this is – we probably need to discuss, like, a parting of the ways at this point. I mean, why would you want to leave New England? In, in my opinion, New England right now, even though they're losing football games, it's the most attractive destination for a coach right now. It's an amazing destination because you got a team that's probably going to get a top three draft pick and they have tons of money to spend in the offseason. You look at the defense, they're beat to hell, but they're still competing. You know, this is a good football team. Still, uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they're a good football team. Obviously, the offense is absolute hot garbage right now. But you can think through the draft if you're able to get a quarterback. You're able to maybe may, maybe get a piece here or there, fix the offensive line a little bit. You know, may, maybe get, a, get, a, get another receiver to go there. Demario Douglas should be even better next year. So I don't know why Bill would want to leave. So I would see Bill coming into the room and Bill coming and and bringing a game plan of how he of how he hopes to make this thing better with all the access that the Patriots have going into the 2024 season. You know, if I'm put on the hoodie now, you, you could take the hoodie off, Jordy. I'll put it back. I'll put it on now. Um, <laughs> I'm put on the hoodie. Here's my guess. I think if I'm Belichick, I have a pitch prepared on. It's a PowerPoint, too. Can you picture Belichick with a PowerPoint presentation? Yeah, that's what that's what happened. Belichick goes in with the PowerPoint presentation, pulls that up on the projector or whatever. <laughs> He's talking to the crafts. He goes, look, here's where we failed this year. Here's how I'm going to fix it. He is going to stress how much he wants to remain head coach of the Patriots because it is a great situation, Jordy, right? Never mind the draft capital. Never mind the cap space, which is, you know, I guess both a credit to Belichick because the Patriots suck this year, so they have the draft pick, but his management has them with the cap space, right? So there's that. He's also got his son as a defensive coordinator and other friends and family in the organization, right? So, uh, yeah, the, this is a great situation. Why would he want to leave? Why would he want to, say, trade me to L.A.? Like, I just don't – I can't picture Belichick in L.A., Jordy, for some reason. just doesn't seem like a great <laughs> fit. I think Foxborough is perfect for him. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's going to stress – him as a surfer? Yeah, no, no. no. I can't. I can't do it. So I think he's going to stress how much he wants to remain with the, with the Patriots uh, because of the situation. And he's going to make it really hard on the crafts to go through with the coaching change. But my gut tells me I'm still, I'm sticking with Curran. My gut tells me that although it's going to be really, really hard and maybe harder than anybody thinks. And even the crafts think right now, Belichick's going to make it hard on them, on him, Robert and Jonathan. He's going to have a good pitch, a good plan for them. Maybe not a PowerPoint, Jordy, but it'll be good. It'll be convincing, right? Uh, but I think ultimately the Crafts will do what Tommy Curran reported last week for NBC Sports Boston, and and that's just move on from Belichick in, in some fashion. They're going to figure it out, firing him, trade, whatever. There's no choice, right? The Crafts have to follow through because the more I think about this, 
Wouldn't it be like a backhand slap to the fan base not to act on this? The timing is perfect. We talked about uh, talked about that, right? You're locked into the top three pick pretty much. You got the cap space. But like, it doesn't have to be ugly, right? It could get ugly if they keep Belichick, I think, right? You're going to get a lot of backlash from the fans, your consumers, because you're just staying with the status quo, and now you're you're letting your 72-year-old coach make all these decisions on the future of the team. Drafting in the top three, using that capital where you're just going to turn it over to a new coach anyway, or you could we you could find a way to mutually part ways, as we've said, as Tommy Kearns reported. And what's the reaction out there? What's on ESPN if the Patriots move on from Belichick and it's amicable, or at least appears that way? Isn't it like highlights of the last 23 years? Isn't it Super Bowl highlights? Like it's reminiscing. It's going to be a celebration of Belichick, right? If it even coming off a bad season. If they keep them, though, I think the energy will be more negative, right? You're going to get more analysts coming in and saying, what are the Patriots doing? You're going to get fans being pissed, right? Like, I don't know. It's just the timing feels so right that I have to believe they go through with it. And that's where my gut is. is That's what my gut's telling me, and that's where I'm going to stay, Jordy. Uh, because I really do think, I think there's more positives with moving on from Belichick, just perception-wise, consumer-base-wise, than keeping him around. Can I play devil's advocate right quick? Please. All right, so look at the situation. You got to think too, Ron. And and I'm obviously I'm a, I'm actually I agree with you. I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, I think it's more likely than not that Belichick will not be with the Patriots next season. So I do agree with that. But if you put yourself in craft shoes, Ron, pick up the cigar, put on a nice expensive suit. Nice. Robert Kraft. Who is the clear-cut option to be the coach after Bill Belichick? Like, that's something else you have to really consider. You're getting rid of arguably the greatest coach of all time. You better have somebody in line that's that's very good and someone that can take over that position and do a a great job. And obviously you have to think about the GM as well. You you don't have Nick Casario there anymore to just kind of roll into that position. So you're really – you're going to take a huge risk here as well with a brand-new GM and a brand-new coach. Is it Gerard Mayo? I mean, how much different would that be? Than, than things are right now. Would you like to go out and give like a Ben Johnson a chance? Maybe Eric B. Enemy, one of these guys that, but these guys have never been a head coach before. So you're taking a huge risk there. Now, one risk that I do think is very interesting is Jim Harbaugh with, with Michigan right now. If he's the guy that's thinking about he's ready to jump, that could be a guy it might be – it would be very interesting being in New England, seeing what he was able to do with that San Francisco 49ers team in the yeah. NFL in his last rodeo. Love it. That could be really interesting as well. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. And maybe the succession plan was drawn Mayo back in the day, Jordy, but you're hearing it now. It's like you know people are reporting that maybe there's some trepidation in the organization. I, Greg Bedard reported this on 98.5 this week about how – uh, there's some trepidation within the organization that um, Gerard Mayo might not be ready to step into the head coach job because although he has some credentials, he's never even run his own defense yet. He's never been a coordinator. So, uh, you, you know, there's some risk there with Mayo. Never mind the fact your your point yeah. to it just being the same old thing, the same system, the same situation. Uh, is he ready for that? Uh, there's definitely, I, I think there's people within the organization and organization questioning that thing so that's fair to bring up yeah i think who's the next guy who's the next gm it there is a lot of layers to this uh but i just 
it just has to be time, right? It has to be. It, it just it would feel so like negligent to keep Belichick here to make the huge decisions on your future when he's not a huge part of your future anymore. He's just chasing yeah. Don Shula. He's 15 wins away. You got to think once he gets to Shula, it's going to be done. You know, and it's just like, can you really let him make the the decisions that your next guy is going to have to live with and, and set the organization back further? I just, I can't imagine that's going to be the case, especially sitting here where the Patriots are are sitting here with three wins going into Christmas weekend. You know, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. But yeah, that's that's the conversation, right? Ian Rappaport saying the Crafts, maybe not as, you know, firm on that decision as Tommy Curran reported. I think Tommy Curran said, Jordy, that uh, it would depend on how the team plays the rest of the season. Uh, and then we could get into this Chiefs game a little bit here too coming up next. I mean, Belichick is... <laughs> He's doing a good job keeping games close, right? The Patriots aren't getting blown out a lot. They did early in the year, but boy, down 17 to Patrick Mahomes. The Patriots sure punted a lot there in the third and fourth quarters. <laughs> just punt, punt, punt. Just all, let's just keep punting it back to the Chiefs <laughs> down 17. I'm just like, wow. Like, okay, I get it. Like, you don't want to lose by 45, but holy crap. Like, at some point, the field position doesn't matter. You just got to try. You know what I mean? You got to try to go win, but... The urgency just not there. It's such a conservative and odd way to play football right now. It's it's a special time to be a Patriots fan, man. I know that's kind of a rambling rant, but it is special. Do you have any lingering thoughts on how the Patriots handled that Chiefs game before we move on to Denver? Uh, to be honest with you, Ryan, they, they played tougher than I thought they would. I mean, to kind of see them come away with two takeaways on Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, the, the one thing that actually grinded my gears the most in that game was seeing Chad Ryland go out there and whiff on another 41-yard field goal. He another sucks. field goal. Yeah. Short field goal. You know, he he whiffed on those 35-yarders. The Patriots, they brought in they brought in a lot of other kickers to work them out. And then Ryland gets rolled out there again, and he does it again, man. And it's getting to the point now where, you know, when the team's in the red zone run, I'm just like, if it's fourth down, just hell, just keep going for it. You don't want him out here kicking the field goal and missing. I, I get you have a lot tied up in him with the fourth-round draft pick, which was an absolute miss. Meanwhile, Nick Folk, who we could have had, is over in Tennessee and doing his thing right now. So that that right there coming away from that game, that was the thing that frustrated me the most. But something that made me excited was at least seeing some of, the, some of our younger players step up. You know, Alex Austin, quarterback that stepped in there for J.C. Jackson, having himself a hell of a day. He played well in this game. Christian Barmore, a guy that we've been talking about for a long time, he's finally healthy, finally showing his stuff. I think Barmore could be one of the best defensive tackles in the league, you know, moving forward into 2024 and beyond. You need to start considering locking that guy up there as well. But seeing some of the younger guys, Morton Mapu, don't want to forget about him coming through with his first interception of his NFL career against freaking Patrick Mahomes, the best player in football right now. What a way to make an impact in that game. But Overall, Patriots still coming out with a loss, but at the end of the day, Ron, my Christmas wish is still intact. They are still the number two overall pick of the 2024 NFL Draft. Yeah, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be when you're already eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, but I know, Jordy, you're worried about Denver. You think the Patriots could back their way into a win uh, over in Denver on Christmas Eve night. We'll get into that matchup here coming up next. But hey, if you're still alive in your fantasy football playoffs, semifinals for a lot of leagues, Congratulations on that. Good luck. We get some advice here from the huddle.com and then we'll be right back. Corey Bonini here of the huddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week 16. Quarterback Nick Mullins, Minnesota Vikings versus Detroit Lions. 
In his first full start with the Vikings, Mullins posted 303 passing yards, two touchdowns, and chipped in 10 rushing yards. While he did toss a pair of interceptions, a 24-plus point day on the road was a nice early Christmas present for anyone brazen enough to play him. This one could turn into a shootout of sorts. Mullins is at home versus Detroit, a group that has allowed 22.7 fantasy points on average to the position on the year. In the last six weeks since Detroit has come back out of its bye, half of the performance have been good for 27 or more fantasy points. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots at Denver Broncos. Elliott will shoulder the burden of this backfield if Ramondre Stevenson isn't able to return. Even if he has to share some touches, Elliott showed a couple of weeks ago he's capable of handling a massive workload. Denver has given up 17 total scores to the position on the year, and no team has permitted more rushing yards. Since week 10, the matchup is rated neutrally, but we're still fairly confident in his opportunity, especially since it's unlikely Denver will hang a big score on the board. Wide receiver Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Indianapolis Colts. The Falcons go back to Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback, who was under center from weeks 8 through 10. In that time, London posted lines of 5 catches for 55 yards and 3 grabs for 36 yards. He missed the week 9 game between those two respective performances. Indianapolis has permitted wide receivers the 5th fewest receptions per game, but the 5th highest scoring rate in the last 5 weeks. While he doesn't have an extremely high ceiling, London is a pretty safe bet for a wide receiver 3 play in week 16. Tight end Tanner Hudson, Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers. Hudson has been steady Eddie over the last seven weeks, posting between 5.7 and 10.1 PPR points in each game, including four showings of at least 8.5. That said, for as quietly solid as he has been, Hudson lacks the requisite pop to be a lock as a starting lineup option. Fortunately, if you have to play him this postseason, Pittsburgh presents a tremendous statistical matchup and has been exploited across the board by the position in recent weeks. No Jamar Chase likely means Hudson will have a much larger role. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we are back. Uh, the Patriots get to play on Christmas Eve night. So while you're wrapping the presents, getting everything ready for the kids, Jordy, or at least me, my two-year-old, got to get everything ready. I'll, I'll, I'll at least have one eye on this game because I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, but the Broncos, <laughs> six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 34-and-a-half. Last time I checked, it might have moved, but. We're talking on a Wednesday morning here. Um, here's my take on the game. I feel like this is a smash spot for the Broncos. I, I feel like I would smash the Broncos even at six and a half. They're coming off this rough loss to Detroit. They got blown out, but they're still seven and seven. They're still in the playoff hunt. They'll be at home. They have everything to play for. The Patriots have nothing to play for. No one knows what's going on with the coach, right? With Belichick. That's what everybody's talking about. No one's talking about the football team. They're just talking about Belichick. Uh now we got J.C. Jackson off the reservation. Jack Jones is in Vegas. Christian Gonzalez is on the shelf. Like, you know, uh, we're down to the scrap heap at cornerback. Like, there's just no one left. Uh, guys out there that, you know, are fringe NFL players. Yeah, and you mentioned Alex Austin. I don't know. How, how comfortable are you with him out there, though, really, Jordy? You know, against real receivers. The Chiefs don't really have re real receivers. So we'll see what happens going up against the Broncos. They got at least some receivers. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are, are okay. Uh and, you know, I think Russell Wilson, you know, he'll he's not a great matchup. He'll take what you give him. Right? He's one of these guys that will check it down to his running back all game long. And that's how the Patriots kind of play on defense. They're like, oh, go ahead, take the check down. We'll make you methodically go 10, 15 plays. But that's how the Broncos want to play anyway. It's like check it down, scramble for a first down. Like that's the Broncos offense. They're not very explosive. Uh, it's it's really a heavily managed game with Sean Payton over there. They're not really taking a lot of chances down the field. They'll take some shots down the field to Cortland Sutton, but a lot of those are like jump balls around the sideline where he's making circus catches. Like it's just 
he's going to check it down all game long, and he's going to hurt you with his legs. It's just not a good matchup. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't see any path to victory for the Patriots, which is probably a good thing, Jordy. I think the Broncos win this game going away. Not a good spot for the Patriots. Christmas Eve night. Broncos have everything to play for. You have nothing to play for. I think the Broncos easily win this game by a touchdown plus. That's my take on it, but you're a little worried. You're worried the Patriots could be competitive in this game? How so? Yeah, this was actually one of the games kind of down the stretch that really worried me the most. Obviously, the Jets game is it's the big one that we're all concerned about. They'll win but that the Broncos, one. But, Ryan, the Broncos, they play to the level of the opposition. That's been their problem all year long, you know? Yeah, they're, they're going out here. They might put together a win, but then they're they're struggling against the Green Bay Packers 19-17 or, or Joshua Dobbs-led Minnesota Vikings team with no Justin Jefferson, 21 to 20. So this isn't this this is not a consistent football team, this Denver Broncos team. They're 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 getting better and they're kind of they're they're learning on the fly under Sean Payton. And I feel like the way he wants things is finally starting to gel. But this is a team that kind of they take a step back every now and then. And seeing the Patriots come in with a defense that can be very competitive and could cause issues there for Russell Wilson and company. Now let's Let's be real. I mean, it's not like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are, are blowing the world away right now at receiver. You know, those, those guys those guys aren't putting up a ton of stats either. So I can see the Patriots defense coming in this game and being competitive and keeping it tough and tight. Then you look there on the you look on the other side of the ball. Denver's defense, man, they've been a complete letdown at certain points this season. And obviously they're terrible against the run. And you, you come into this game with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and maybe Kevin Harris running a little angry like he showed last week, angry enough to get signed and promoted to the main roster for the Patriots. You start to worry. You start to worry a little bit. Now, like I said, I think Denver's the better football team at this juncture um, of the season. But this, this right here, I don't think this is a runaway. I think this game could get really interesting. And hopefully, as much as I hate to say it, hopefully Denver's able to to, to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Denver could run away with a Jordy, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's close because to your point, Denver, the thing with Denver this year is they are a team that follows a script, right? They are, they went on this five game win streak, but they are, their turnover ratio was plus 13 during that run. They were getting all these takeaways. Yeah. It was very lucky. A lot of luck was involved. Jordy, guess how many fumble recoveries they had out of those 13 turnovers on the five game win streak? 10. 10. Good. They recovered <laughs> they recovered 10 fumbles during their five game win streak earlier when you know they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills, and they they had this little run, but to get themselves in the in the race. But they I, they are like I think they have one win this year when they lose the turnover battle. Otherwise, all their wins are when they win the turnover battle. And a lot of those games they won it by like three or four turnovers. It's crazy. They are very much a, a team that follows a script. It's it's a credit to Sean Payton. He's come in there and tightened the screws. They were really a poorly coached team. Nathaniel Hackett, you know, I mean, what more needs to be said? They're a terribly coached team. He came in and tightened the screws. He's really managing it. But it's really a team where with, if things get off script, it can get ugly for Denver. And you're right. They, they can't stop the run. The Lions ran all over them last week, all over them. So that could be a path for the Patriots if they just – don't throw the ball and just run it, Jordy. There's been plenty of games where I'm just say, I say if you just do that, you'll win. But Billy O'Brien's not going to do that. He's going to come out here and have <laughs> Bailey Zappi throwing it all over the place, and the Broncos will probably get some turnovers, and Belichick will get pissed and say, "No, we're going to punt and play defense. That's how we're going to win." And uh, the Broncos will will find a way. Yeah, I I don't 
I'm not too worried. I think the Patriots are going to lose this one, Jordy. But I do understand what you're saying. It, it, the Broncos are not an explosive team that really scares you. You know, I, I still think they'll win this one easily, but uh, they're not a scary team. They don't have scary wide receivers. They don't have scary backs. They don't have a scary quarterback. Like, they got deficiencies on defense. Like, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's not like they're a juggernaut. So, would not be surprised if it's close. Would not be surprised if the Broncos pull away. I would be surprised if the Patriots win by a, a healthy margin. That would stun me. You know, it's that kind of game for me. Yeah, and to be honest, Ron, to your point um, as, as well, Bailey Zappi was throwing some terrible passes last week against the Kansas City Chiefs there. Obviously, that first half, he had a really strong outing, 141 yards and a touchdown, and then it was right back down to earth. Could have had multiple intercept, interceptions. Um it, I think it was Ty Law. Ty Law used the phrase that it looked like he was throwing throwing it to like a, a meeting committee or something like that. <laughs> and I'm sure I, I, I butchered that, but it was hilarious. And he's right. He's throwing it to a bunch of opposition jer- jerseys there. Bailey Zappi did not look good at all in the second half. And uh, a, turno- a turnover-heavy team like the Denver Broncos, they should have opportunities to take advantage of this game. We'll just see if they're able to do so. My official pick, I'm taking the Broncos to cover this, even if it's six and a half, Jordy, if that's where it ends, seven. I would still take Denver. What do you think? I'm actually, I'm taking the Patriots to upset those odds. Um, I, I, th- I think the Patriots can keep this game within three, and it's going to come down to a Chad Ryland miss field goal. <laughs> well, that's a good bet. Can you bet that? Can you bet like the, that. Can you bet the Patriots on like, on one of these apps, can you bet that they'll have a missed field goal? Because what's the odds on that? Plus 200? You know what I mean? Like, he is so freaking bad, man. He is so bad. He can't take a freaking <laughs> field goal. It's unbelievable. Yeah, even in altitude. You wait. The Patriots will come out. You wait. The Patriots will go out there. They'll try like a 62-yarder, and he'll make it, Jordy. Right? In the altitude. That's, <laughs> that's totally what will happen. That's totally what will happen. He'd be so. back, baby. You know what? That that might make the draft pick worth it at that yeah. point. He's <laughs> able to kick that. <laughs> there you go. It'll be the highlight of the freaking season. Uh, the 62-yard field goal by Chad Ryland in Denver. Um, all right, we're a little split on this one. I, I like the Broncos. Jordy, he thinks the Patriots are going to keep it close. I could I could definitely see that path. I think, but I think I, I would smash the Broncos. That's, that's just kind of where I'm at, but I'm down on my team. What can I say? I'm a Patriots fan. What do you want from me? Uh, but Jordy, <laughs> Jordy, Merry Christmas, man. I hope you have a great weekend, man. Yeah, man, you too, man. I hope you and the family have a great one. I'm excited. I, I still got some gifts to wrap and you know, for the cousins and the family and stuff. So, look, man, I get to I get to cover my favorite team. I'm a longtime Patriots fan. This is the greatest job on the planet. So, I'm you know, if I have to work on Christmas Eve, I'm glad to work covering the New England Patriots, regardless of their record. This is awesome, man. That's a great attitude. I was just talking to Dan Benton from Giants Wire, and he was pissed that he had to work on Christmas Day. So that's a good attitude you have, Jordy. <laughs> you have a better <laughs> attitude than Dan does. Hi, Dan. If you listen to Patriots Wire podcast, how you doing, buddy? Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, for Jordy McElroy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks for hanging on with the pod. We appreciate you. Got a few more weeks left in the season. We'll be showing up to uh, break everything down, including Pat's Broncos. We'll do that next week, and we'll talk to you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.